0: Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon was taken from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. So uh, just so that you know, I'm still standing in faith for our baptisms, that this rain is gonna stop. So, yeah, join me in that prayer as you, as you listen to what we're going to talk about this morning. So I've titled my message, Team, Gain No Pain. So we've often heard it said, there's no gain if you don't have pain. But let me tell you, when we're a team, there's only gain and no pain. So we are still in the book of Acts, and uh, there's no overhead today or presentation, so bring out your Bibles, open your Bible apps, whatever it is, if you want to read along. All my scriptures are from the NIV. Um, Yes, I am biased, but that's my issue, not yours. Acts 20, verse 1 to 6. When the uproar had ended... Paul sent for the disciples and, after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area speaking many words of encouragement to the people and finally arrived in Greece where he stayed three months because some Jews had plotted against him just as he was about to sail for Syria. He decided to go back through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica Gaius from Derby, Timothy also and Tichicus and Trophimus from the province of Asia these men went on ahead and waited for us at Troas but we sailed from Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread and five days later joined the others at Troas where we stayed seven days So whenever I I read a passage, I like to know what went before the passage, because what was this uproar about? And can I encourage you, don't just take snippets of Scripture, but actually look at Scripture holistically. So the uproar in Acts 19, verse 26, was that Paul was accused of stating that gods made by human hands were no gods at all. We would go, obvious. But you know what? He was threatening the livelihood of, guess what? The idol makers. So if you read Isaiah, you'll see how God says, you take a piece of wood and you chuck it in the fire and then you take a piece of wood and you, um, and you make an idol from the same piece of wood that you made a fire from. Yeah, let's not go there. But can you see, they were threatening the livelihood of the idol makers, The people then seized Paul's traveling companions, Gaius and Aristarchus, from Mesopotamia. You'll notice there's a difference here. The the naming pool was very small, so we think it was different chaps. And only due to the city clerk was the crowd subdued and they left. The crowd who grabbed the traveling companions left, which meant that the traveling companions could now leave though I'm sure they were shaken up. Would you not agree that poor old Gaius and Aristarchus needed some encouragement, as we see in Acts 20, verse 1 to 6? Read, when the uproar had ended, Paul sent for his disciples, and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. The amazing thing is that Paul just never gave up. This chap just didn't understand, hey, bric a He just kind of carried on because then he went on for three months up to, um, and and off he goes again because some Jews had plotted against him. This guy just never, ever gave up. If you want to make a note, go look at 2 Corinthians 11, verse 25, where you suddenly realize how much Paul went through but never gave up. There's a whole other preach. But I want to emphasize the following words Paul was accompanied by. He was not alone. He was accompanied by. It says, we sailed, not I sailed, we sailed, and we stayed, not I stayed, we stayed. It would appear, not just from Acts 20, but pretty much through through the whole of Acts, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, that Paul never traveled alone. Can I say that again? Paul, the great apostle, the amazing man of God, never traveled alone. You saw feedback up now that said, we had a team go with us to Barberton. And earlier this year, I had a team go with me to Clarksdorp because we don't believe in doing these things alone. It's just, I don't see it in the scripture. And let me tell you, having a team with you helps you so much because you feel like there's a group of people who are caring for you and watching out for you. The poor Barberton people had me messaging every, where are you, how far are you, are you guys okay? What's happening? because we're a team and we care about each other. If you look at 1 Corinthians 9 verse five, and I love this verse, just because I'm a bit cheeky. Wives even went on apostolic trips with their husbands. In those days, women were not given any air time. But look here. These guys, these apostles, even took their wives with them on apostolic trips. We are not supposed to do these things alone. Earlier on in the year, Debbie went to Finland. Ray couldn't go with her, but you know what? Debbie met up with other NCMI, New Covenant Ministry International people, and joined a team in Finland Michael went to France, and then he went to Spain. He joined teams in France, and he joined teams in Spain. We don't do these things alone. Mark 6 verse 7, we read, Jesus called the twelve to him, and he began to send them out two by two. I'm sure you're thinking one by one would have been much better. You could have had a far wider reach. But you know what? He chose to send them out two by two. In Luke 10 verse 1 we read, After this the Lord, that's Jesus, appointed another 72 and sent them out, you guessed it, two by two. Why is it so important that we have a team with us? Because it's better to be two than one. Because we want somebody to irritate us along the way. We need someone to aggravate us, irritate us, be slower than us. No, because God has a plan in putting us two by two. You know, there's a verse that says, two are strong, but a third person who is God makes two people even stronger. Because the plan is that we're in this thing together. You know, when when one is weak, because we all have bad, who doesn't have bad days? Put up your hand. (laughs) We all have a bad day. We all have a day where we go, God, where are you? I'm just not, I'm just not getting a sense of you and that's when you need somebody next to you who says come let's pray together come I'll stand with you come we can get through this together this morning we were praying about putting your burdens down and because there's a togetherness when we are putting our burdens down we are helping each other when we partner with each other have you ever stopped to consider that the Trinity is a team God in his oneness is three. There are three of them in oneness who work together. God is also a team as such. Jesus had 12 men traveling with him. They ate with him. They stayed in the same places as him. They were with him all the way. And if you think about it, when we get to the Garden of Gethsemane, He asked these guys to pray with him because he knew the importance of a team praying with you. Look, they let him down, but he still wanted them to be praying with him because he understood that when we are together and we pray in our togetherness, more is achieved. Why then? If there's all this two by twos and and togetherness and and don't be alone, do you wanna be a lone ranger? And can I just remind you, the Lone Ranger had Tonto. So was he actually alone. Don't be a Maverick either, or Maverick. I giggled this morning, Franz says it's Maverick, I said it's Maverick, you know. Maverick, ma- ma- me, 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 but Don't be a Maverick. You know what, maverick, what the definition is for a Maverick? <laughs> Stubborn, <laughs> independent, And sometimes to their own detriment. To his own detriment. (laughs) Why do you want to do things on your own when you have all of these people around you to partner with you? I'm just looking at all the visitors that Amy brought. So many people have come to see her being baptized. Why? Because we want to share these moments with those who are close to us. We want to walk with people so that they can help us. You know, have you ever seen when someone hurts their foot in a, in a team? I've been watching some of these um, races running because I love watching other people run because I'm never going to run. But I, I watch them and you get, get this guy who, he's so close to the end line and he collapses. And you know, time and time again, I've seen somebody come running, picking this person up and helping them across the winning line. That's what the Christian life is about. It's about teams. It's about doing things together. It's about, it's about involving other people in your life so that you're not carrying things on your own. I had a bit of fun with this. What are the benefits of being on your own? You can do your own thing when and where you like. Hey, that's nice. Get up when I want to, go to sleep when I want to, eat what I want to. I can do my own thing. You can watch whatever movie you want to when you're on your own. You don't have to worry about your bad habits, they're not bugging anyone else. So, hey, I can just revel in my bad habits. You don't have to learn to compromise because, shucks, sometimes this compromising thing is it's a bit of a pain. So when, you, when you're alone, you don't have to worry about compromising. You can get so much more done on your own. You know, sometimes, I think the other day, Francis was looking for something, and I said to him, it's just easier for me to get it for you than to explain it to you where it is. You know, so just so you can get so much more done on your own. And you can have the furniture the way you want it. Don't have to compromise on that. Somewhere inside of each one of us, we often think it would be so much nicer to be on our own. But God hasn't made us like that. And can I tell you, there's a difference to being alone and taking time out to be alone. We are not to be alone, but we do need time out to be alone, to kind of just, I always say, to get myself back in balance again, to kind of reformat almost. We do need that time. We need that time just to reconnect with ourselves, check our inside world, what's happening in here, and then to spend time alone with the Lord, which Jesus did often. If you look, oh, there's so many passages. I only chose one. Luke 5, verse verse 16. He would take time out to be alone, to go and spend with the Father. And that's appropriate. That's completely appropriate. But we're not meant to walk this road of the Christian life alone. And can I tell you, you need Christian friends around you. Not just friends, Christian friends. But then, of course, I had to do, if we're going to look at the benefits of being alone, we've got to look at the benefits of being together and with others. You get to enjoy the richness of different personalities, characteristics, thoughts, and ideas from those around us. You know, when I'm on my own, I can only find one solution. Well, I can find 10, but probably only one works. Solutions. But in our togetherness, we can find more solutions. We can find the appropriate solution, and we can put that into action. And the richness of different personalities. Please understand, I come from an English Afrikaans background, and I married a UK man. a Product of the UK, made in the UK. Oh my word, you would think there's been no differences. But there are. But my life is richer for it. It's not less. And so that togetherness, my life is richer for knowing Yolandi, for knowing Maureen, for knowing Ray. I'm just picking on the front row here. (laughs) It's richer for sharing my life with other people. You have people around you to laugh with you, cry with you, and sometimes laugh at you. Because... Sometimes we need somebody to give us a reminder that we're very human, and we do make stupid mistakes. But you know what? Those people who laugh at you are the same ones who will pick you up when you fall. I am a master faller-downer. I can trip over my own feet like you cannot believe. And I'm okay because I laugh at myself and other people laugh at me, but you know what? I've never, ever stayed there. I've always had people come to help me get up. And that's what being with people who love you and care about you is all about. They help you to get up. They will laugh with you and they will cry with you. Problem solving brings more options. Problem solving. You know, Ray's doing a, a something for me and, and I'm staying there and I'm trying to give him all my input because <laughs> I know so much about what he does. He was so gracious, but he was looking. An option here, an option there, an option there, an option there. More options. When we are together, there are more options of how to deal with this thing called life. Because this thing called life can catch you unawares with its challenges sometimes. You learn to fight the right battles for the team's sake and not for your own convenience. So important, because sometimes when you are on your own, you can just fight every battle, because that's what you think you need to do. But when you're in a team, the team will say, you know what, that's not a battle you need to fight. Why do you want to fight that battle? This is the battle you need to be fighting. Let's fight this one together. And that, that is so exciting when we're not doing this on our own. You learn to adjust and grow as a person. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." Have you ever seen iron sharpening iron? Have you ever seen, "This is yes? This is no. Have you ever seen iron sharpening iron? the sparks fly. (laughs) And you know, I'm so grateful for the people in my life who correct me and who help me to see things differently and who pull me out of the doldrums when I'm in the doldrums because that is iron sharpening iron. And I have to say, um, both Maureen and Yulandi have had to sharpen me a couple of times and I've had to help sharpen them a couple of times. And you know what? Our relationships are also stronger for it. Iron sharpens iron, and so one person sharpens another. Have you ever seen a piece of iron trying to sharpen itself? Okay. I can see you all fast asleep. Come, wakey, wakey, wakey. (laughs) You learn that the burden or load you carry is easier when it is shared with someone else. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Carry each other's burdens And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Do you understand what this means? This means that you do not carry burdens on your own. And sometimes in this morning in the prayer meeting, Debbie said that we need to learn to put our burdens down in front of Jesus. But you know what? Sometimes I kind of like the burden I'm carrying. And, uh, And I don't want to quite let it go yet. But if I start sharing it with other people... They can help me pray over it and to put it down and to let it go. But if you're not talking to other people and if you're not in community with other people and if you're not not sharing your life with other people, you're going to hold on to that burden until it takes you down. But when we're in community, we've got someone we can share those burdens with and we can talk to somebody about it. We don't have to do it alone. You have those around you who can encourage you, celebrate with you. Folks, we don't have to celebrate on our own. Party of one, that's no fun. We can celebrate with people around us. People who can pray for you, people who can support you, people who are there for you in your darkest moments and are there for you in your best moments. Today we're having best moments with the baptisms. You want people around you to celebrate with you as well. Jesus did not travel alone. He traveled with 12 men. Paul did not travel alone. He had people with him all the time. And you know what? The apostles even took their wives with them so they weren't traveling alone. We don't do this life alone. Look to the person on your left. Yes. And slowly say to each person, one by one, because I know you're all going, ah, but we're all looking left. What are we going to say? Oh, hello, (laughs) Doffees. I'm your teammate. Turn around to the people behind you and say, I'm your teammate. (laughs) Samantha, I'm your teammate. (laughs) We don't do this alone. There are people around us here who are willing and able to do this thing called the Christian life with you. Do you know that even when Paul was in prison, he had people with him? Hello, in prison. People volunteered to go and sit in prison with Paul. That's what sharing your burdens is all about. That's what loving each other is all about. That's what walking in community is all about. We do not walk on our own. And so I have to ask you, if you are sitting here and you're not in a team of some sort, and folks, we have, we have connect groups that is part of your team, and there are amazing connect groups. There are set up teams that you can be part of. There is the men's team you can be part of. There's the women's team you can be part of. There's the kids you can be part of. There's a whole lot here that you can be part of because we need each other. We cannot do this alone, and if you are doing this alone, please come and tell me how you're doing it because I'd like to learn. We've heard the saying, two heads are better than one. Yeah? Two heads are better than one. I mean, these are non-Christian statements. If the non-Christians get it that we need each other, how much more should we be getting it that we need each other? More hands make lighter work. You know, when you have to move that furniture that you've put in the place that you like it, you phone up your friends to say, come and help move furniture. We had to paint out a flat. You know what I did? I phoned up my mates and I said, come and help us paint out the flat because we don't have to do these things alone. The more the merrier. We were, we were out yesterday and I think I heard four times people saying the more the merrier because it's in us. It's something that we, we enjoy. We like being together. There's a, there's a, there's a settledness in us when we are together. So why? Why do you want to go on this life on your own? Why? If you are not connected in a team of some sort. And I'm talking about a team of believers. I'm not talking about a soccer team. There might be believers in the soccer team. I'm talking about a Christian team. If you're not somehow in a team, get connected into a team, because we are not meant to do this together. In that passage in Acts, remember we saw we sailed, we stayed, and there was encouragement amongst each other. That's that's how we do this Christian life. So, now I ask you to stand. Lord, let us learn that we are not supposed to be on our own, that may we, we may think it's more convenient, it's more comfortable, it's more enjoyable. You have not called us to be alone. But Father, that in our togetherness, we can help each other grow to the more of you, that as we are together, iron sharpens iron, we help each other to see those blind spots that you are calling us to correct. And so, Father, we thank you, we thank you that you have said two by two, four by four, six by six, but Lord, never one by one. And so we thank you, we thank you for your example, that you chose 12 men, Jesus, to walk with you. And Father, that set such an example for us that we are not supposed to be walking alone. And so, Lord, let's open our hearts and our eyes, and let's get people around us, let's get connected, so that the iron can sharpen the iron, and we can carry each other's burdens, and we can spur each other on to the good things that you're calling us to. Because, Lord, that, that is how we grow. And so we just say thank thank you, we commit ourselves to that. In your name, Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. We would love to know how this message spoke to you. Please connect with us through our website www.venturechurch.co.za or through our various social channels.